Extending the juggle made it very adventurous, edgy, a bit more difficult, very dangerous. And we'll shine, shine a bit of a spotlight on these great projects um, through the film. It's not the usual adventure where you're just going A to B on, the, on, your, on your adventure bike. We, we were um, laughed at actually quite a lot by um, plenty of people saying this is ridiculous. Hello and welcome to Further Faster in association with Montaigne. My name is Daniel Nielsen and it's my job to speak to adventurers, climbers, ultra athletes and explorers to uncover why they do what they do. And in this episode, recorded on the day that COP26 opened, it was particularly apt speaking to two guys who have just made a film highlighting the good news stories of climate solutions across the UK. Pedal for Parks is a group of five friends who, over 14 days, cycled from Orkney to the Isles of Scilly, through six national parks and speaking to a staggering 26 organisations involved in wildly differing solutions to climate change. Isaac Kenyon, one of the five AQ adventurers, explains why they embarked on this huge project. And also joining him is filmmaker Kev Merry of Skyrise Productions. He talks about the challenges of filming both the adventure and the interviews of so many people. And you'll have also realised that Orkney and the Isles of Scilly are, yep, islands. And yes, they did cycle them. Listen in to find out how. And also, there's some pretty stunning news that they just found out. Listen in. Joining me on Further Facet is uh, Kev Merry. He's a filmmaker and he has been following a few guys from Pedal for Parks. So also joining me from Pedal for Parks is Isaac Kenyon. Welcome to Further Faster. How's it going? Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, um, yeah, very good. You. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. So I guess what we want to talk about a little bit about um, Isaac to you, a little bit of the thinking behind Pedal for Parks. Like, what is the concept? What is the idea behind it? And then, and I hear, mm. obviously, you've just told me just before um, some pretty big news uh, about the film as well. So yeah, H how did it start? What was the thinking behind it? Uh, yeah, I, I guess um, there's so much news in climate change that's kind of negative. It's it's quite difficult for us to, to to lift our heads above the water with just so much bombardment of we're not hitting two degrees here we're, we're not doing enough for the planet and um as adventurers and outdoorsy people we, we we really love getting outdoors it's great for our physical and mental health we know that and um, some of us had mental health problems in our team and we, we get outdoors and that, that really helps us uh, and one of the things that scary things is the the pace of climate change but also how can we speed up that pace and we thought that complaining in the news is not the way to do it why don't we shine a light on all of the people and projects and big scalable solutions there are to actually solve this issue uh, and and give them the time of day because then they're, they're not really surfacing uh, as much so what we did is we devised a route um for, like a cycle route because we wanted to do a cycle uh, it started off as a joggle expedition and then with this uh, big motive behind it it extended and it became a much bigger bigger ordeal and um, we decided to choose climate solutions as our waypoints. Okay. And we would travel through the UK and visit all these different types of climate solutions and give, you know, give them some, some uh, time, time on, the, on camera to do an interview with us. And then we could formulate a nice film where we're sort of traveling through climate change solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's something that can take the viewer to, to inspire them maybe to get involved. Um, some of these solutions, you know, they're quite easy to get involved in and some of them slightly more difficult, but maybe some funding would help them and you just don't know who's going to see the film and, and get involved. So that was the motive behind it all. Uh, and then we added on extras like a water bike crossing yeah. uh, either side. Uh, the motives behind that was to essentially try and reach out different climate solutions that you wouldn't get on mainland UK. So right. it was extending the juggle, made it very adventurous, edgy, a bit more difficult, very dangerous 
and but in a controlled manner we knew what we were doing and we yeah. had all the safety in, in the, involved but yeah so it, yeah it's gotten to a stage where we've made a film uh, with kev and um skyrise productions and it's going to kendall mountain festival uh, it's yeah. been selected there next month um and also this week the big news is the is the united nations climate change conference up in glasgow a massive thing and uh we've been selected to show our film in the climate change pavilion um inside the actual blue zone and um, delegate zone of of the conference which is a very not cool privilege and showcasing climate solutions to uh to all of the delegates around the world who are looking to share climate solutions during the during the conference so hopefully uh the uk and um, will shine shine a bit of a spotlight on these great projects um through the film so looking forward to that and 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 speaking on a panel which uh <laughs> seems a bit, bit of a big deal <laughs> <laughs> i wonder who else is on the panel <laughs> uh we've got the uh, charity partner national yeah. parks uk who okay. we um worked with for, for, with, with the film um mm -hmm. we, we went through six national parks in the cycle okay. and um we don't know yet who is on the other side of the panel yet we'll find out this week <laughs> amazing that's fantastic news well that's you know that's gone a long way to part of your well your mission really to highlight these places um mm. tell us about the involvement in national parks then what was the thinking behind um yeah involve, getting involved with those guys yeah, so um, there's 15 national parks in the UK, um, which we were aware of, and we all go to national parks to really get out in the wild. They're the wildest spaces really in the UK. Um, they're the places that we try to get away and places that we want to protect the most. And if, you, if you're going to make a, an impact in preserving green spaces or preserving green corridors, the national parks are the places to start with because they are the highest biodiversity places, the places where there's the most sustainability projects going on. And if, if you're not doing well there, you're not going to do well everywhere else. So um, it, it's kind of the core. That's why we wanted to be involved in like, where, where's, the core, where's the core problem going to be? This staycation, the pandemic, you, you know, if you were out in those national parks, you would have seen they were swarmed yeah. um, and, and there was so much pressure. Um, that's a massive concern. And having a highlight on climate solutions, what the park rangers are doing, what the national parks are doing, and educating and communicating that to the public, those people in cities who might not know what's going on and they just venture out there and they just have no idea how to act in these places. Yeah. I think it's really important to get that communication right in, in these spaces. And then that will just ripple out. So it will start in the national parks and then hopefully it will ripple out into, into wider green spaces. So area of outstanding natural beauty and, it, and so on. And then you've got a bit of a scalable change Sure. So how did you go about finding these climate solutions? I mean, what, what were a couple of examples? You said some are fairly yeah. small scale, easy to get involved in. Some are a bit more, I don't know, a bit more in depth and involved. What, like, give us a couple yeah. of Well, I, I, I work in the energy industry uh, as an energy transition analyst. So I, I work in I finding... I have no idea what that means. Yeah. yeah so if I explain to, the, to everyone in simple terms, we're, we're using fossil, fossil fuels. And we're moving to more sustainable energy types. I, I work in understanding where, where are these different energy types, where they're coming from, what are the projects, who's running the projects, where's the funding of the projects. And yeah. then I supply that data. That, that's what I, what I do. Um, and doing so got me involved in a lot of different projects in my work that I wanted to tie in a little bit with this project because I thought, these are quite big scalable things like the tidal turbines. I don't know if anyone listening 
heard of orbital marine power and they've got these massive turtle tidal turbines up in orkney and there's right. a, in the orkney islands there's huge tidal streams massive tidal streams of tidal energy that's just predictable so it's always happening yeah. and we're just not harnessing that power for electricity so the, the this team orbital marine power they've gone in and designed a, a tidal turbine that goes underwater collects all of the electricity um and, that, and then we went to visit them and see how scalable is that um, it is scalable in, around the uk because we've got some quite fast tidal stream waters so it probably could happen quite a lot a lot in the uk and then we went to other projects smaller projects and um, like in the national parks for instance where you've just got a, a tree planting um right. a tree pl- a tree planting area where people can easily get involved i, I mean that what they tend to do is they just they're regrowing woodlands um, small, small, smallish woodlands in the national park, but they're managing the the the, the growth. So instead of, for instance, you, you may have heard of the carbon offsetting rate thing that's going on. There's there's quite a lot of issues with carbon offsetting because they're they're planting trees, but they're not managing the trees. So as right. soon as the trees are planted, millions are spent planting these trees, and then they don't manage the trees. So after two years, all these trees die. So yeah. all that money, millions of pounds, yeah. So we we trying to put a spotlight on those who are managing the trees because that's that's the process of what you want to do. You want to actually get them to a point where they're on their own, self functioning, and uh, and don't need <laughs> any more help. So we were showing showing projects like that, and then other projects we we looked at were sort of very visionary things like redesigning town planning. Okay. So for instance. You look at your town and you think, oh, okay, how can we build a town better that's more um, sustainable or friendly to the environment around it? And how can we get more people engaged with the environment? One way you could do so, we spoke to one of, well, they were a headline sponsor, Vectors, and they were telling us that they have plans of redesigning infrastructure around active travel networks, so bicycle lanes and walking trails and things like that to encourage people to get out into nature to understand what, what you know what why it's important that's the, once you're out in nature and you start getting the benefits usually people start understanding why it's important to protect it but also it prevents sort of cars and extra infrastructure being built because all of the transportation is happening through active travel and then that is that's a quite a visionary thing that hasn't happened often i don't think there's a project of that yet so you can see the types of projects were just yeah. some visionary, some now happening now, some just happened. It was, yeah, it's a wide range. So the film is, uh, is intriguing. Amazing. And, and so did you kind of, you highlight, you picked out all these things that you wanted to highlight and then spent some time looking at a map, linking it all Yeah, up. well, it's pretty tricky also finding if they're available, the people we want to interview. Um, are these places on a, on a good route? You know, some of them were on the other side of the UK, so... Mm-hmm. We're not exactly going to have a lot of time to be able to cycle to one side, then back to another, and then yeah. vice versa. So we couldn't do all of them, uh, but we did. We did quite well, didn't we, Kev? I think 20, 26 projects. Yeah, in total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Blimey. It was fascinating. Listen to all the all the stories. Yeah, it was hectic though, wasn't it? But we got it done. Yeah, it was not. It's not the usual adventure where you're just going A to B on the on your on your adventure bike or whatever. It was. There was a there was a lot of stopping and chatting as well. And did you do it all in one go? Was it all in one, one sitting? Uh, well, okay. on the bike. Yeah. On the bike. <laughs> I mean, that's the name. The film's fourteen days south, oversea and land. Did it in um, two weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kev, that sounds like a logistical nightmare. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, it was, we, there were long days, you know, um, but it was obviously like, as Isaac said, you know, they, they were all, they're all planned in. So we knew exactly what we were, where we were going to go and who we were going to be into on each day. So all the, you know, the guys had the questions prepped and uh, it, it was, it was fairly well organized, but it was like, like Isaac said, it was, you know, normally that kind of thing where you just, you just ride. And obviously there has been films made about those sort of similar adventures where the, the filmmakers would just, their main kind of uh, focus is filming the adventure. Whereas this, we were filming the cyclists, the five cyclists plus, you know, we stopped to do all these, these interviews along the way. So it, you know, from a sort of logistical and um, sort of practical point of view, it was, it was tough, but yeah, we got it done. And the, the interviews are really good, actually. They're really, really interesting. So yeah, it was, it was a good project to be involved with. You must've ended up with just, hundreds of hours of footage that you then get into half an hour <laughs> we <laughs> have <it>. lots <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it took me it took me uh, nearly three days to go through the just the footage you know that the interview footage was obviously hours and hours and then the guys had like gopros on their bikes so it was trying to pick out all the kind of the the, the sort of juicy bits from their gopro footage and then uh uh gav and i who, who were the uh, main videographers on it you know we had drone footage and gimbals and stuff like that so there, there was a lot of footage <laughs> yeah. right right, right. Yeah, and then yeah. and then sort of building a narrative around it must have been yeah I mean I guess it was yeah. like 14 days but <laughs> yeah I mean obviously it had like it was it, from that respect it's quite interesting because there was several sort of narratives running through it you know the guys had their own adventure I mean they did you know they actually did obviously cycle that, that route and some days they were cycling up to nearly 100 miles in a day I think what was the most you did in one day Isaac 90 I something I think we did a, I think we did 100 plus in one day yeah, um, I think, yeah. it, the, the, the first day we did a water bike crossing and then uh, 95 miles so it was about 112 or something in one day one day yeah so, yeah, yeah. Um, now Still. now Isaac on your background on zoom I can see what water bike is but obviously this is a podcast Let's explain, yeah. Yeah, so a water bike is essentially a spinning bike that you see in the gym Mm -hmm. that is then attached to two Fendor floats, like long elongated Fendor floats. Yeah. And then the the spinning bike also has a drive belt chain, which is then attached to a propeller. Uh, A belt, yeah, belt drive for a propeller. And then a a pedalo. It's a pedlo, and a very interesting looking one. Um, it's not as it's not as hefty and massive as right. a a pedlo is, but yeah, just uh, Google water bikes, um, and and you'll see you'll see uh, exactly that. They're, they're, or just check us out, pedal for parts, and, and you'll see exactly what it's all about. Amazing, and and was it w- w- in my head that would be the most challenging bits, especially in the Orkney Isles. So, so uh, yeah. from the Orkney down to I know. John O'Greats. The John O'Greats, okay. To start the joggle cycle. Yeah, so we we were um, laughed at actually quite a lot by um, plenty of people saying this is ridiculous. So I was speaking to loads of sailors and people who have done the crossing and people who had uh, been, you know, ferry servicing um, from Orkney to mainland. And they just said, you you must be out your mind um, on those little floaty things. So the Pentland Firth is, is, the, is the strait that we crossed. And at times the tide can go 15 miles per hour, which is just terrible. And yeah. there's a notorious amount of shipwrecks in the exact area we were yeah. crossing in. Yeah. Um, which just adds the edge. And <laughs> we were very fortunate that during the process of our planning, we were in contact with a fisherman sailor. And he suggested that the best time to go would go on a neat, on a neat tide 
which I, I know would would have been best anyway. I've done a bit of sailing stuff before. Yeah. Um, and he said, go on a neap tide and go in June. And that probably is your only chance because <laughs> he, he once took um, a swimmer across and that swimmer has tried to cross, I think, about six times in the weather. Five times didn't work out for him, the weather. Yeah. Uh, and the sixth time uh, it worked out. So we were like so lucky to have had flat waters yeah. uh, on that day. And we got across in about two hours. Uh, it was super fast. It went really, really quickly, but it didn't, it didn't feel like that. It's just because it, you're when you're on the bikes, they're quite slow. They're, they're about three times harder than a regular bike to cycle because you're propelling through water. You can't max out on them as well, so you can't push, 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 and it's going to go faster and faster. It's got a limit, right? It, right. It, it, yeah. So like you know, like the pedalo, I think the pedalos have a limit as well, and um, right. it's, it's quite similar to that. So we couldn't rush it. Amazing. And Kev, how was that filming? Were you pedaling along? Probably not. Uh, no, no, no. So they they had a so this this uh, uh, fisherman guy. They he followed in a was it an ex pilot boat or something like that? An ex yeah, ex lifeboat. Yeah, ex lifeboat. Yeah, yeah. So that that was used as a as like a safety boat, um, and then sort of film. We, we had like uh, photographers and then us filming from the boat as well. And we flew the drone from there, um, but like I say, I mean it wasn't it just wasn't choppy. You know, it was it was. It was, I mean, you can see from the picture behind Isaac there, it was flat calm, pretty much. So, so it, it was it was actually quite easy, you know. Um, I mean, it could have been, I mean, although the chap, like I said, you know, I mean, if it was rough, then you, you wouldn't have done it. So um, we were just really lucky. So, yeah, that was interesting to film to film from. We got some fantastic shots from the boat. Amazing. There was killer whales spotted literally at the headland. So we camped on the cliff yeah. just before. There was killer whales spotted, but we didn't get to see them on the actual day. That would have been mega footage for Kev. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you did another cycle, another water cycle at the end of it. Yeah, we did. And that was a lot longer. So that was uh, eight, eight and a half hours, that one. Oh and God. that was from Land's End. Uh, well, not actually Land's End. Senon Cove, which is just around the headland um, near Land's End. Mm-hmm. And then that, that, that was all the way across to um, the Isles of Scilly, Hugh Town. Uh, that was a very hard uh, cycle, that one, because it was just um, hotter very hot and the water was reflecting so it was you you were struggling a lot with the heat but the other thing is tide changes every six hours so we could have got uh, over to almost at the Isle of Scilly at six hours and the tide could have changed really badly on us and yeah. we would just never have got in so um fortunately there was just no wind and mm. it was just still so the tide did change but because we were we were already six hours in and there was not a lot of wind we were able to kind of push through the last bit the last two hours and then we made it into the island sort of stream where you, you're not getting affected too much by the tide and then we made it in and amazing and, uh, great it, what, finish yeah 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 what was the decision to end up in the eyes of silly is there was there a yeah I, th- I think it's nice to finish in the hot island <laughs> that's <Yeah>. one <laughs> and then the other decision was it, it's it's known as quite a sustainable island where they've got a lot of organic farming and and mm-hmm. a lot of um, electric vehicle well you're not really supposed that you don't bring your own vehicles really over there, but they've got a lot of electric vehicles and it's just it's a bit of a sustainable hub. The way they all live, it's kind of like a circular economy, which right. fits in with our narrative. Could you, could you do this, how you're living here on this little Island? Could that be replicated across the UK? Quite challenging in massive towns and cities, but it was an interesting concept to try and explore. Amazing. And Kev, in, ter- in terms of the film, in terms of the finished film, what, what are your kind of hopes for it? Obviously, it's 
So Kendall, but you know, more more importantly, probably it's at the um, you know the climate change um, event that's happening. What what yeah? What's your kind of dreams for the film? Um, I mean, it looks um, from the way it's going at the moment already that we'll, we'll probably do a festival run for quite a while, you know, just push it out. We're looking at maybe Banff um, and then sort of, sort of go on from there, you know, just once the new year comes along, we'll, we'll sort of uh, approach some different uh, outdoor adventure festivals and that kind of thing. And obviously because it's the climate, it's got the climate side to it as well. You know, there's a high, it opens up a whole other avenue there. Um, and then we've sort of discussed... Um, kind of before we edited the film where we might end up plonking it you know like something like Amazon or something like that you know or we're not we're not sure yet we haven't we haven't come to that stage but you know obviously I mean we've literally only just finished the edit this weekend haven't we Isaac so yeah no, we're just... Kevin's been working on <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah we've had the I mean, we, uh, we've had a fantastic um soundtrack um written like specifically for the film um oh. So that's just that's just been um, kind of fine tunes. So yeah, I mean, with, with, with regards to kind of the release and the different platforms, it's, it's in early stages, uh, but it's obviously already getting some really good interest and feedback. So we'll just we'll just let the dust settle for a while um, and get Kendall and COP26 and stuff like that out of the way, and then we'll just kind of all decide where we want to go. But one of the interesting things that we're possibly looking into is. Um, because we we interviewed like uh, as Isaac said like twenty six different um, projects and stuff like that. There was far too much footage because the, the the finished film as it is now is is half an hour. It's thirty yeah. minutes. Um, but we've got obviously hours and hours of of interview footage and mm. that we had to whittle down to six interviews in the film. Um, so there's there's one avenue that we'd quite like to explore is a, 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 like an educational sort of four part series. That yeah. we could, we've discussed this in quite a lot of detail, and uh, I think it would make for really good uh, uh, like educational series for like colleges, schools, maybe even primary schools and stuff like that. You know, um, so that's, that's that's something that we're going to look into next year. Maybe. That's where like biggest impact could happen with the youth, and um, they're they're the ones that are going into in, into into the future with yeah. with 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 hopefully some great inspiration ideas with these climate solutions. That would be the hope. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and Isaac, how do you see Pedal for Parks kind of developing? Obviously, you've done your side off as a single project, which is done, but you're already realizing that there's loads of other strands that you can kind of build on. Do you see? I mean, was this was the idea that this was a bit more of a long term thing, or yeah, it started well. It started off kind of just an adventure, and then like minds came together, and then with our scaling. And thinking that maybe we could do a bit more of a long-term impact, yeah. and in doing so, there as we only scratch the surface of the amount of climate solutions there are out there, and there's so many different countries all over the world doing different things. It sounds like a good idea to try and explore other places, and and then tr try and feed that back to you know to the UK or around the world, and then you've kind of got a, an educational platform. So and I have adventure, a firework adventure. display going on next door. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. How weird. Uh, it's Halloween, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> not, it is Halloween. It's not, it's not firework night yet. No. <laughs> we had them around Norway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. And and then, um, yeah, so, so going to another country or kind of exploring a bit more what's happening? Um... Yeah, yeah. I think maybe uh, um, we might do something else in the UK. Um, there is talk about going to a different country and trying to do a similar thing 
and then you have more of a comparison piece um so yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes see what the appetite is um it's yes early stages still we've we're we're, we're quite high with just getting the film um to this stage it's been quite a mission yeah Um, you've unleashed a monster i think yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) in a good way (laughs) yeah in a good way yeah 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 well listen um that's really really interesting wish you that all the best of luck with the film and um yeah and hopefully well i'm sure it will make a difference for people who see it and um where else can people go to explore what else you know other content and stuff like that yeah and well so our our website is pedal for parks pedal uh, it's a number four parks um dot co dot uk so pedal for parks dot co dot uk and then all over social media so we've got facebook instagram twitter linkedin and it's at pedal four parks number four um as well and then kev if you want if you want to check out uh kev's work um skyrise productions dot co dot uk yeah yeah as well and instagram is um at skyrise underscore productions that's yeah. kind of main, mainly where you'll find me on, on socials um so yeah very active yeah yeah yeah, yeah always on there <laughs> insta addict <laughs> amazing well listen thanks for joining us and um yeah we'll we'll get this podcast out as soon as we can and and we'll see you in kendall and a huge thanks to Isaac and Kev for sparing an hour out of their schedule on a Sunday night. Anyway, such great news about the film. Real opportunity to highlight all the great work that's already happening to combat the climate crisis. Amazing news, guys. And as ever, thanks to you for listening. Please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, stay safe.